Welcome back, listeners, to Whisper in the Wings. We have a very exciting show uh, for you guys today. I'm, I'm really excited uh, about this one because uh, on our show today, we have playwright and producer Kia Barbie, who reached out to us about um, her latest show, Roommates. And I'm so excited to be sharing this with you all. I was doing a little bit of nosing around about it, and it, it sounds absolutely fantastic. And also with us today is the director of the show, Deborah Goodwin. So welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us, yes. Thanks so much, Andrew. Great to be here. So I, I was absolutely amazed in doing a little bit of nosing around about not only your show, but the festival that your show is, is being performed at. Um, so to get things going, Kia, why don't you tell us a little bit about the show? Uh, fresh food or roommates? Um, uh, roommates. Okay, great. Well, um, roommates is a new play that I've written. It's about the courage to love openly without regret. And um, we use drama, passion, and humor to explore a budding romance between two very different college roommates who kind of find themselves falling into a decades-long on-again, off-again love that kind of tests their commitment and autonomy. So there's like two really big questions that the play um, puts forth, which is uh, how do we push past our fears to embrace our true selves? And how can we find love in the act of courage? Oh, that's fantastic. What a, what a great story to be telling right now. You know, <laughs> that's amazing. And how did you come up with the idea for the show? Um, well, it's an idea that's been kind of swirling around for the last 10 years. Specifically, um, I just been wanting to come back to the theater. So I wanted to uh, present uh, a story that kind of infuses multimedia because I know that's the direction that theater ha has become. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was deeply inspired by um, a personal experience and I, I began developing a story um, early 2018 and I spent the last month of 2019, actually the last four months, and to, to write the, the play. So I wrote it fairly quickly. Once, um, once I knew, once I started bringing in personal um, experiences, I had more, a clearer understanding of uh, the direction the play should go. Oh, wow. So it's kind of like pouring your heart out there on the stage. It's, it's not a complete fantasy. There is a personal... Tie. Yeah, there's a, definitely a personal connection to the story. Correct. Yep. That was exciting. <laughs> now, Deborah, what was it like developing the show? Well, I was fortunate enough to get to uh, direct this for Kia when she had it done at Naked Angels. It was a Zoom um, performance, but it was nevertheless a really good test of the material and people's interest. Um, and I think it was very clear that people were very engaged from the start um, with this. I think it's a deceptively simple story um, that really gets to the heart of something that everyone experiences, you know, that, that um, you know, desire to be authentic in your relationship and the struggle to do that. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. 
I love shows like that. That almost kind of like lull you, let your make you let your guard down, and then all of a sudden, yes. you're, whoa, wait a minute, how did we get here? I wasn't ready for this. I love shows like that. Those are yeah. some of my yeah. favorites. And I walk out and I'm like, I didn't see that coming, and it just leaves that impression on me. And I'm like, I gotta go see, you know. <laughs> so I love that. That's that's the effect that this is having. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is wonderful. So a question for both of you, um, what message or thought are you guys hoping um, audiences will take away from this? Um, I'll start, you know, since this is a story about having the courage to be yourself, um, I think that I'm an example of what the play has done for me. Like two ways, Uh, it brought me back to, to theater um, and it just made me more comfortable being in my skin. So my hope is that someone will be inspired to tackle a personal fear, uh, no matter what it entails, and just be courageous enough to take the first step. That's amazing. I think that's an awesome description, and I wholeheartedly endorse that, <laughs> that hope. That I... I love, I, I just, I love that message. I, we, I had a panel, my, our first new panel discussion, we assembled a, a, a ladies panel discussion to talk about the first spring season that we were back having. Um, and one of our panelists was comprised in a list of like, what does theater do? You know, theater yeah. um, calls to active, you know, makes you become an activist or educates. And one of the things she kept coming back to was inspires. And I was like, yeah. Mm. Theater as of late really has inspired you. Like you can tie that back to all of that. And I love that you're producing a work that really just can inspire you to do something, not just entertain. I mean, we all need theater. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I am that guy that's like, I want theater to make me want to do something too. I want to leave the theater and want to do better or be better or just mm-hmm. something. So I love that your show does that. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you guys been working on this? Like I said, I've been working on it for uh, a, a while. Like, well, the idea of it for like 10 years. Um, but I would say really like um, being proactive about it since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, that's when things started to really like a workshop with a few um, organizations that's devoted to just um, sharing new work. Uh, among that was Blackboard Plays, um, headed by, um, um, what's her name? Garlia. Garlia. Um, uh, what's her last name? Jones. <laughs> yeah, Jones. She's also like a producer at the public theater. So that was one place. Um, Naked Angels. Um, I have a reading series, Script Read. So, um, just in the last two years of just like a lot of workshop opportunities and then two um, virtual readings, one with Naked Angels and the other with um, Fresh Fruit Festival, which they have sort of a, 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 um, a workshop um, reading program. And then the next step is this main stage that they, they also have. 
Oh, fantastic. And, and I, I want to talk more about the Fresh Fruit Festival, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on because mm-hmm. um, I think it's a wonderful thing. And, and you just answered my next question, which was, has it been performed in the past? We've got the Naked Angels Festival, you said? Uh, Naked Angels First Mondays is a um, reading series that they have um, once a month. And, and it, it, Yeah, it was virtual, but it's back to live now. Oh, great. And where's that at? Um, they have uh, access to a theater. It's a theater, I think it's called Theater 80 in Lower Manhattan. It's, uh, I think, the first Mondays of uh, every month. And you just bring your work and they'll, they'll read no, it? No, no, no. You, you workshop it with them for a little while. And then they invite you for a reading. If oh, there's like a, a great, if they feel, see potential in, in your play, then they invite you to um, for a full reading. And Roommates was uh, one of those plays that got invited um, last April. Oh, yay! And, and now here we are talking and it's getting them the festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the last question I want to ask regarding your show is who do you hope have access? Who do you, who do you both hope have access to the show? Um, I think this play is for, for everyone. Um, of course, there are, um, you know, niche groups, um, LGBTQ, uh, people who love the 90s, um, college, you know, specifically college freshmen, you know, so we have niche groups, but it's for everyone because the theme is so central. It's about, you know, not, you know, overcoming fear. So that's, I mean, everyone can relate to that. And Deborah, are you in the same boat with that one? I think it's a great opportunity to get people who don't normally come to the theater to come out again. Um, so that, you know, tends to be younger people because they're not always aware of, of you know, especially off, off Broadway um, shows and, you know, more showcase or studio theater. So I'm really hoping we're able to attract, you know, a younger new audience that is the future audience of theater <laughs> if we can get them to come to the theater. So now that we're all back live and in person, that would be really great. Yeah, it would definitely be awesome to, because there's a lot of people who, that that is true. Like theater has a very uh, specific uh, consistent <laughs> audience that you know they when you go you always see that audience but it would be great to have work that um because I think younger people just they look at theater as something older people do <laughs> yeah so um I agree with Deborah on that <laughs> I I find us on our our I'll say our flagship part of the the show, our, our main stage, Stage Whisper, when we talk about um, the impact a show had, um, whether it be on the, on the history of theater or societal, one of the things we say about certain shows is it brought a new generation to the theater. And I think that's really important because, you know, you can stack the theater full of, you know, older people and that's great, but mm. 
unfortunately, everybody does pass at some point. Who replaced yeah. them? You've <laughs> got to get the next generation in there. You've got to get them excited about something. And yeah. I think it starts with a story that they can relate to. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I didn't live in France in the 1800s. Yeah. You know, right. exactly. so, I mean, this only goes so far for me going, ah, yes, I remember struggling there, you know. And so yeah. I love being able to identify with a story with a character on stage and just go, Ooh, this hits a little too close to home. But then I'm able yeah. to go to some of my friends who don't often go to theater and be like, you'd actually really like this. Cause it's, you can see yourself up there. It's related. Yeah. That's but, important. That's yeah. important. And representation is definitely important. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think of one last question I wanted to ask and it was for you, Deborah, cause I, I've been talking with a lot of playwrights, but I haven't actually met someone who's, who's outside of a playwright who's actually been like a director or an actor lately. Now that theater's back in person, what has it been like working in the theater again, live face-to-face with actors and everything? How, how has that been going? Well, we're starting our in-person rehearsals actually tomorrow. So we've been working hmm. on Zoom um, <laughs> up until now, which, you know, I have to say I'm going to keep using because I think it's super valuable just uh-huh. in terms of exploring the script and, you know, doing the prep work really for for diving into these characters um, and I sometimes when you're on your feet too soon, people leave the exploration aside and kind of jump into performance and start um, latching on to certain behaviors or things that they're bringing to their performance. And it's hard to shake that loose later. So I'm finding the Zoom, um, you know, beginning and, and research work and, and prep work really valuable. Well, fantastic. I didn't even think of using it that way. Like that's, that's a very, and it probably saves t- uh, a lot of money on the on the budget end by not having to rent a space or anything. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah so one good. of the re- TV writers' rooms are are <laughs> hybrid remote now for the yeah. same reason. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and there's another reason as as the writer, I um I learned so much from here just listening to how they were talking about the character for you know the next rewrite of it, it was extremely helpful to hear. Like how Deborah was her spin on just the situation, everything. It it was super helpful for me um, to to hear that. show we we not only talk about um the shows themselves and kind of break them down technically but we like to also talk about um our own personal experiences in the theater so i'd love to talk to you both about you know some of your own personal experiences and i'd like to start by asking you um uh kia why don't i start with you Mm -hmm. um what shows in the past have inspired you or or even maybe like a composer or a playwright what what has inspired what what have inspired you I guess? Okay, well, um, when I was 
first starting playwright was August Wilson. Um, I was inspired by his work, but um, there was a few shows that I got to see. Um, and one of them that I'll never forget is bringing the, bringing the funk, bringing the, bringing the noise with Savion Glover like that. But some that just stuck because we were on the same age when I saw it. And it just was so inspiring to see that, you know, a young person doing a thing at that level. So that always stuck with me. And of course, the Lion King, <laughs> like that show, <laughs> I just feel like everybody needs to see that show. Um, so being able to see that live um, in person, you know, so those are some favorite moments of mine. Um, One of my favorite things in The Lion King, I've seen that more times than I can count, but I love <laughs> the opening number, just watching the people who've never seen it before, particularly the kids, mm-hmm. when, you know, Rafiki's out there doing doing her thing and you've got the the ant- antelope or the goats or whatever, you know, they're doing their <laughs> thing in the boxes. Mm-hmm. But when the parade of animals start, you just see these eyes get huge and they lean a little further over. And I was like, yep, there's the feeder bug. You got it. Like, <laughs> just so amazed by it. And I'm like, this is why we do what we do. Like that. Yeah. That's why I keep going back to that show just for that <laughs> moment and just see the big saucer eyes. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. It's a good, good show. Um, I, I do want to note that lately, I have to bring, I have to talk about her briefly. That's Lynn Nottage. That's a new discovery for me in the last couple of years because her style of writing really gave, helped me in, in, to write this, Roommates, because she plays with subtext in her work. It's like a character. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I felt like for my play, that was something important. It, it was very important to infuse that. Um, so, I love yeah. her writing. I love mm-hmm. her writing. I her work sweat was the first introduction to it and mm-hmm. i fell in love with that i was all about that and then getting to see clyde's and finding did you get to see clyde's at all i haven't seen any of her work live but the one i wish i really could have seen is intimate apparel um oh. that's my favorite out of all of them i just really like that story and a meat vera stark um, I haven't, now, I haven't seen or read that one, but uh, Intimate Apparel is a great one. Yeah. But she put Easter eggs in uh, Clyde's from Sweat. Okay. There's interlocking things. So I'm watching Clyde's and I was like, mm. wait a minute. Like, I know some of these people, you know. So yeah. if you've seen Sweater, you were aware. You There was an extra little bit of, mm. so I, I just adore her writing. I think it's mm-hmm. phenomenal. And I, I think you're, the one thing I'll say is I think she is a, I don't want to say underrepresented, but like one of those lesser known writers that I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, you got to get on the bandwagon with this. Her and Dominique Masseau. Yeah, I know. See, I knew of her, but Lynn Nottage, I was like, how did I not know about Lynn Nottage? But it, I know about her now in the last couple of years. So, yeah. Um, and then Deborah, what about you? What, what um, shows uh, or composers or lyricists have, have inspired you? Like definitely sweat was a incredible, I think it was the last thing I saw live before the pandemic. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. um, and, and I was, it, it, it devastated me. I mean, I was outside with the women um, who invited me to go and, and we were just crying and, <laughs> you know, I hadn't had that kind of epiphany. Wow. Um, in a play in a while. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love Susan Laurie Parks. Okay. Um, she's always, I've always been a huge fan of her work. Um, and, you know, just theater that, that transports you, you know, which is not often, but I can think of, you know, those seminal, you know, performances that you never forget seeing, um, you know, burn this, seeing Wendy Wasserstein's plays for the first time, you know, there was a real palpable sense of, you know, this is important. This is changing something, you know, um, in the theater. So I do think, you know, it's a, there's nothing like it. I love filmmaking. I love (laughs) directing movies, but um, working on a play, performing a play, there is nothing like that. And I think, um, I think it's Denzel Washington, but he was, you know, Basically, like if you want to be an actor, you need to, you need to study theater. You need to be mm-hmm. in a theater because film is a director's medium, and you know the theater is really where actors get to, to come alive. Yes, I agree. I agree with I agree with all of that. It's so true. Have you guys gotten to see any great theater lately that maybe you'd recommend to our listeners? I wish, but I do recommend Blackboard Plays is doing um, a cycle that's all um, Black and people of color who are parents and playwrights. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend that. That's going to, I think it opens yeah. shortly. Yeah, Blackboard yeah, the second season of it. Yeah, Blackboard mm-hmm. Plays. Um, which is a nonprofit. It's it's been in operation since 2008. Um, I think they're in a different space now than they used to be. But Garlia T. Jones, who we were mentioning, mm-hmm. um, who also works at the public, uh, founded I'm, that. I'm looking for the link. I'm going to put the link in for you. Mm, great. Oh, perfect. Yeah, because I was like, ooh, this this sounds right up yeah, my it's alley. It's like, a really good um, yeah organization. I'm because I. I've known Deborah for what ten years now, Deborah? Mm-hmm. and Deborah. That was one of the things she told me about early on. Perfect. Was yeah. to come come through. Um, it took a, it took a while. I finally got there in twenty twenty. And once I um, went, it just I met a lot. I met the um, Jean Marie McKee. Mm-hmm. I'm making angels there. You yeah. know, so going there, I met a lot of um, creatives that I'm still in contact with. Um, two years later. That's amazing. And and then Kia, have you seen any theater lately that you would recommend? I haven't um, gone to the theater, but I do want to see MJ the musical and Macbeth only for Ruth Negga. Yes. Um, Lady yes. Macbeth. That is Mets. the draw. That's the draw. So it's like, I, I must, I must see her live do that. You know, I was just going to say the show, the show itself is not bad. And I know Daniel Craig is the main pole and he does great, but I've been the person like I, I post on our social media that my wife and I went on Monday and everyone's like, Oh, how is Daniel Craig? And then I was like, Oh, he's great. Don't get me wrong. But I said, you go for Ruth Nega. She just, she is why Lady Macbeth, that part was written. Cause I uh-huh. was just like, don't do anything. Just keep talking. Just keep performing. <laughs> I could watch that for days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sorry, Deborah. What were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say if you if you can't get to the theater, but you want to watch something about the theater, <laughs> Tick Tick Boom is terrific. Yeah. Ah, um, yes. Making of Friends. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And if I can recommend one musical to you both outside of MJ, which is phenomenal, mm-hmm. if you never got to see Michael Jackson live, he's alive and well at the Nielsen. <laughs> um, Paradise Square. Mm, yeah. I, I can't, I can never say her name right, but the, the leading lady who was in Slave Play, I have never saw, I like, the end of act one, she sings a song that I've got like wispy eyed and I was like, okay, this is great. But the song she sings for the end of act two, I was like full on ugly girl crying. Like it just, <laughs> the whole show is just so powerful and so moving. And I was like, mm. what? I didn't see this coming. And yeah, I, that is a show that I've just been, I can stand in Times Square and just hand out flyers for it because I'm like this. And, and it's also one of those shows that I feel like if you took out the date, because, you know, it's about, it involves the Civil War draft rights. Uh-huh. If you said rich white politicians stirring up poor white people to go after minorities, particularly <laughs> Americans, it'd be like, well, that happened last year. And it's like, well, I was yeah. show about the Civil exactly. War draft rights. And it's like, what? So it's, it's a really yeah. fun show. So, mm. but enough about that. <laughs> um, let me start with Deborah with this question. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's actors. I mean, it's always fun to work with actors, but I think discovering um, the text with actors in in the theater is a very, um, you know, it's just a very illuminating process and it's very different than, we usually don't have that time in film. Um, You know, so you're having a lot of these private conversations, but to talk together as a cast about um, the play, the text, the meaning, the characters, that's, it's just a wonderful deep dive and I, I've missed it. You know, theater actors are smart, (laughs) really smart. And that's just a wonderful thing. And and then Kia, how about you? What's your favorite part about working in the theater? Well, what I've missed about um, being in a theater is, uh, you know, that collaborative feeling that you get um, when you're working on a play. Uh, with the whole team versus, I feel like that doesn't exist in film. I don't know about TV, but I just, that's what I miss, you know? Um, I mean, you hit it on the, the head there. I mean, theater's community. Uh-huh. It takes everyone to put it on. I think that's what hit me so hard about the last two years is I missed a community. Yeah. You know, all of our friends, when, when everything happened, all of our friends when Hamilton got released was like, oh, but it's okay. Hamilton's on Disney Plus. And I was like, look, that show's great. But it's not the same watching it on my couch at home when you're not among 800 people. Like I want to hear people weep or cry or gasp or whatever. I want to work with people backstage to make things that make the audience go, oh, you know, I want to inspire or change somebody's life. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a cog in that machine and it's community. You know, so I, I love that, that, that you said collaborating and being with people. That's, 
I'm going to put that on a t-shirt and just wear that <laughs> while I'm riding the one. Uh, <laughs> um, last question um, for you about uh, personal wise. Uh, and I'll start with Kia on this one. What is your favorite theater memory? Well, I think I told you um, watching, bringing the noise, bringing the funk. That, that's my favorite one because that was the first time that I felt like, oh, I can, I can do this if he could do this, you know? And it was just so different from what I had been seeing, you know, traditional plays or, or a drama or a traditional musical. This one just was, it was doing something different. And I, I like different. <laughs> I love that. I, um, and Deborah, what, what was, what is your favorite theater memory? Um, it's, it's quite a long time ago and it was Steppenwolf's production of Grapes of Wrath and they had okay. real waterfall on stage. <laughs> All of a sudden the stage just lifted, the center lifted and this water started pouring out and I've, everyone just went, <gasps> and I was like, yeah, that's, that's happening right now. No <laughs> editing. <laughs> Right, so, live. Yeah, that was, never forget that. That's amazing. Oh, to see that. Wow. Mm, it was incredible. So are there any other productions that either of you kind of have coming down the pipeline or on the back burner? Not on stage at the moment. Yeah. We hope that this goes you know, the, the next mile to a bigger venue, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have an ongoing reading series uh, called Script Read mm -hmm. that is about to, it was virtual during the pandemic. Um, well, we're still in a pandemic, but now we're going back to live this summer. It's a reading series for diverse writers. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. And when we work with playwrights as well, so. Um, and where is that done at? Or what will that be done, I guess, when you go back? Uh, I'm, not, I'm looking for a venue. I'm going to um, also um, put the website for that in the chat. Perfect. Well. And yeah, I was going to say, keep us posted on that because I'd love to share that, that bit of information as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so as we wind things up here, um, we, we alluded, it to, uh, alluded to it earlier, the play you've written, Roommates, uh, mm -hmm. is being performed at the, uh, the Wild Project and as part of the mm -hmm. Fresh Fruit Festival. Festival. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you tell, can you guys want to talk a little bit about that so that we can maybe get some more info for our listeners? Yeah, it's a festival that um, just showcases uh, new plays. Well, some of the plays may be uh, not new. Um, that just gives a, a LGBTQ perspective. So there, the the themes. Um, each play has that as like a main theme or um, just part of the whole dynamic of the story. So the ten shows um, playing over two weeks, and each show gets three performances. Perfect. And yours is on the 7th, 10th, and 12th, right? Correct. Yes. Perfect. Um, and if, they, if our listeners want to get more information about your show or, or, or you yourself, how can they get mm -hmm. that? Um, well, 
roommates has is on Instagram. It's at roommates play. And I'm also on Instagram as well at Kia TB. Um, so those Let's are throw like, that in the chat. Here. Yeah, I'm gonna throw that in the chat for you. <laughs> Everything's going in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and um, I I think I also found that tickets for your, for the show are available at freshfruitfestival.com. Is that right? That's correct. I'll throw that in the chat as well. Amazing. <laughs> Well, perfect. Well, Kia, Deborah, I really appreciate you joining me today. Um, it's been an honor to speak with both of you. I mean, I, I can't wait to see the show personally. I'm, I'm as soon as I get, well, as soon as I get home tonight from the show, I plan on buying some tickets to see this because this, this well, just awesome. Really- awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I can't wait for you to check it out. Um, My guests today have been Kia Barbie, who is a playwright and producer and Deborah Goodwin, who's the director of Roommates, which is being performed um, by the Wild Group at the Fresh Fruit Festival, May 7th, 10th, and 12th. You can get your tickets at freshfruitfestival.com. You can also find the Roommates Play on Instagram at Roommates Play, and you can find Kia on Instagram at KiaTB. We'll have all that information posted as well when we share this episode. So get excited about that. In the meantime, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Maxim Kornishev and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.